All right, everybody, welcome back. Another week of the panel discussion. I am one of your hosts, Matt Johnson, alongside Greg Knowlton and Chris Gullo. The returning Chris Gullo. He has returned yes. from Soul, Soul World. <laughs> he disappeared uh, when Thanos. He t- took a little a little while, but yeah, uh, I felt like my uh, soul was a. Uh chewed up and spit out by the amount of alcohol I drank at your stag party, Matt. <laughs> so, uh, I uh, there's, I'm never one to black out, and I can say I don't remember seeing Cheryl Crone in Niagara Falls Bar, and there's video of me singing that on Saturday <laughs> Night incredible. 2 Super Beast. I need so, that. Yes. I need that. I need that. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, so Avengers 4 spoiler, uh, <laughs> the cosmic space goal <laughs> returns. Returns. Um, and we're also joined by a guest. We got a full house today, everybody. Um, if the BICBP radio network is the X-Men, he is our Professor Charles Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Everybody, welcome to the show. <laughs> everybody, welcome to the show. Chris Chavez. What's up? What's up? Dude, thank you so much for coming on. It's my pleasure, dude. I know. It's exciting. Uh, I'm just happy to have Comic Book Talk back on the network. Because you used to do be a part of one, right? So uh, this is a this is a little Easter egg for for people. Uh, BICBP stands for Back Issues Comic Book Podcast, which was the original podcast. You know, I had no idea. Yeah, it was the original <laughs> podcast that we started. Um, and so when we decided to create the network, I took the first letters because it sounds like radio call letters. You yeah, know? yeah. It's not too many of them, but it still sounded like whatever. So that's that's exactly what BICBP is. Was the old comic book podcast show no kidding yeah. i tried to figure out what it stood for and I just, like, <laughs> everybody has yeah i just filled like food items in there <laughs> <laughs> burgers ice cream <laughs> candy chips hot dogs <laughs> wait there's not even an h in there i'm just hungry i guess but yeah dude I'm, I'm stoked that you guys are doing this show i love it i've been listening every week so thank I'm, you I'm down thank you enjoying it Thank you for your support. Um, like we did with our guest last week, Rob, we got to put you on a hot seat a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, favorite, I know we did DC and, and, Marvel, and Marvel last week, but I think it's just, just general spectrum, I think. Okay. It's really. Um, who are your, who is your favorite uh, comic book hero? Batman. Batman? Always has been, yeah, ever since I was a little kid. Those were the first comics I had were Batman comics. Okay. I remember being in first grade and reading uh, one of my teachers had, it was like a collected but a kid's version of one of the earlier Batman comics. Like, okay. Like Bill Kane days. Jeez. Yeah, Bob Kane, Bill Finger days. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I remember reading those, and it was like the origin, how, you know, he was, he was, he's, Parents were killed in the alley and stuff, and I've been a fan since. Always, okay. always been my favorite. I, mean, I love all kind, all different heroes, but he's always been the one I love. How do those read? Are they because is it just a stereotypical, just like bad guy? The old school like, ones. Is it like Falcone type villains where they're? Uh, oh just yeah, like the mafia. old gangsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the earlier ones are gangsters. Then you get start getting more of the colorful, you know, villains coming around. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different when you try to read a lot of that old old dialogue. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Uh, holy, see? holy mackerel, Batman! You <laughs> know what my I mean? Favorite. Like, yeah, Gee yeah, Wilker, yeah. Batman. Yeah, yeah. Gee whiz, <laughs> Gee whiz, Alfred. I've so got to study. So good, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, and on the other hand, your favorite comic book villain? Uh, it's got to be the Joker. Joker. I mean, he okay. always has been. Uh, for me, he's just the quintessential villain. Well, now that now they're really trying to give him backstories and origins and all this stuff but for me it was uh, he was always the best because there was no reasoning for it he yeah. was just absolutely psychotic and whatever he did he did and it didn't matter it was all about just getting at batman 
Right. Okay. And now yeah. they've made the super villain, the, the Batman who laughs, and he's got his own single issue, which is yeah, super yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I was getting into the to metal and 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 that stuff, uh, and I, I I got so far and then kind of fell off reading it, and I meant to go back and just get collected, you know, and just get all that stuff in. But I was reading all the different Batmans, like the 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 one the Batman oh, yeah. who laughs, the uh, the one that's the Red Death, is Red Death's a good one, yeah. yeah. So, quick thing, Dark Knight's metal is actually what inspired this, like the idea for this podcast, because I was reading those and I was like, no one knows what I'm talking about. And these are so good. I need to talk to someone. <laughs> nice. See how it comes back around. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. it does. It sure does. All right, very good. There's Chris Chavez, everybody, and he's uh, free to go home. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry those are like bread and butter. <laughs> no, answers. no, Batman you're good. You're good. You know I, mean? I, lo- I, I love it because you actually gave a, a reason. We had our yeah. buddy Rob Sweet on last week, and he was like, you know, Superman. Like, yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, I you like know, it's cliche, reason. but yeah, he had a really good reason for he it. He was Superman and Doomsday. I find that funny. Our last two were like, you know, like Titans DC, of DC. Yeah, yeah. 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 Very good, very good. So for our listeners at home, if you've never heard our show before, uh, what we do here is we take an old comic and a new comic produced within the last month and rate it on five different categories. Art, action, story, dialogue, and rereadability. And we grade them all out of ten. The scores really, we don't have an official criteria for why we give them the numbers that we do. Just kind of, that's kind of just how we feel. And we just shoot from the hip. So um, before we jump in yeah. real quick, uh, a little bit of I guess it's almost it's more speculation than news. But there was a little bit of uh, Avengers four news today. Oh, you shared it I in the group. That. Yes, there was a couple of things. There was an interview. Well, there was the three. Th- that was one of the things I shared. There was three things that came out today. One Avengers four. We kind of know that that the title is going to be something that's been said. That's something we've heard before. The second is the runtime of the movie. Sits at three hours currently. Yes. So that is huge. Who knows with editing, it could be changed. Um, I hope not. The third, I want eight hours. Yeah, really. Like, <laughs> I'm all about it. The third thing is maddening. And it is the Russo brothers saying, well, the trailer could drop this year or it couldn't. <laughs> and with that being said, so we got Captain Marvel about seven months out from release. Yeah. We are sitting at seven months from Avengers 4. A week before Aquaman. So if it that's does, what, that's what I'm guessing. That's and that's what I would say too, because of the Spider-Man animated movie as well. Yeah, is right in that time slot, and that's what I would think. But if not, it's like, oh man, are we? When are we gonna get it? Are they gonna like drop it shortly before Captain Marvel to avoid spoilers or? Well, it's annoying because I know that they showed the, the yeah. in Europe or something. It was it was shown at some convention or something. The the trailer. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. And so the only thing we had, I don't know, did you guys read it? There's a guy yeah. that actually put the like. Was not read it. It was very detailed. Yeah. Yes, I did. And see this it. guy has done it before and proved to be right. So th- I was just like reading that thing over and over. I started like putting on the cinematic music in the background <laughs> while I read it, just so you'd be like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be great." Yeah, I hope that's what it, if yeah. if that's what it is. That yeah. sounds like like that trailer is it's satisfying. Awesome. It's um, really I'm so if we don't get it before Aquaman, Christmas Day, NBA, and NBC. That's oh, that's a good call. That, I think that's a really that's good call. A, that would that would be, and I because I think they got LeBron going back to Cleveland, so I, I think that's going to be there. No, oh, they're going to have millions of people watching. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what's going to. Yeah. That's a, I, that I that that's would be my prediction if we don't get it. Like ABC is always the first to get it. It's always some weird. Like it'll be on Kimmel. Yeah, yeah. I'd say Kimmel before Aquaman or 
NBA uh, on ABC. Yeah. Okay, on Christmas that's Day. fair. Yeah, I know. Last year it came out around. Yeah, in this month, November. Kimmel released it. The the original. Yes. Yeah. The, and it was yeah. right before a DC and, movie. Yeah. And Spider Man <laughs> drops. That's true. Spider Man drops the week before Aquaman, so it'd be a good time to drop it because then you'll have it in theaters with a Marvel movie. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I I'm anxious for it, and I hope it is what you know we. Oh, yeah. What we read, because um, we all read it, yeah. and it was we read it and read it. It was intense, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was it was incredibly, it was very detailed. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm just chopping at the bit for it. If that guy like made that all up, then they should hire him. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> I, yeah, I could feel it. Like I could feel myself sitting in the theater, watching it. You know, opening night when everyone's like cheering and clapping at st- yeah, you know yeah. at everything, and oh, it's so good, so good. All right, let us get into our comic book review. Um, who wants to start off? I'll start off. All right, there we go. You're going to start with like, the best comic. Uh, the best comic, because you know what? I can also start with and the new the new round. May, might be the worst. I don't know. It's not worse than X-23 number four. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> nothing but, ever will be. Nothing. Oh, no. oh, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to share us. <laughs> Good man. Okay. So what I did end up getting, and I was very excited because it came in yesterday in the mail, uh, and it's actually a reprint of the original book, which was slightly disappointing, but still, it, it's it's such a fun read. It is the greatest superhero team-up of all time, The Battle of the Century, Superman versus The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Marvel comic, DC comic uh, crossover, It's it very rarely ever happens. Uh, and it occurred in 1976. I did not get the exact month, uh, but the re-release I'm currently holding in my hand came out in 1995. Um, this book was just amazing, and I'll read through it. It's a very large book. You can tell it was a special edition uh, comic, but there was multiple prologues. Uh, one of them started with Superman battling this giant robot, you know, running through Metropolis. Uh, turns out it's Lex Luthor, um, you know, and he's got advantage of him because Superman can't use his laser vision or his heat vision, um, any any of that, uh, because Lex Luthor knows Superman's strengths and knows how to prepare for it. So it ends with, yep, he finds him again. He he puts a stop to him and he sends him to jail. Another you know typical Superman beating up on Lex Luthor thing. Um, the second one is the Spider-Man prologue where he's battling Doc Ock and, uh, yeah, let's see, he's got some issues here. He, he battles him. He, he takes a bunch of pictures and none of them come out, but he, he didn't know that. He sent them to J. Jonah Jameson. He's in the office and, and Jameson loses his mind. He actually like hops across his desk and chokes out Peter Parker. <laughs> like it's insane. He's like, get out, get out, get out. And you know he leave, he leaves Mary Jane and him are about to go go away. I just and, hear Jay jo- Jonah like like Homer Simpson. Why you little? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, that's exactly why I felt. I mean the, the, the scenery is very intense. Uh, <laughs> it's really really funny. Um, but anyway, he's leaving the the Daily Bugle. He's with Mary Jane, and his spider sense tingles. And there's this giant Goodyear blimp <laughs> flying in the sky, um, and he goes to happen and he, he busts in and there's Dr. Octopus in there with uh, just, just kind of chilling. He's got something going on and he uh, beats him up again, stops him and he gets arrested. Um, Prologue 3. Now this is a really cool scene. I sent it to Chris and Greg this morning in the chat. Yeah. It is Doc Ock in prison 
as Lex Luthor is being walked in. And Dr. Octopus goes, oh, Lex Luthor here? And I, thought, and I didn't notice this until later, but they they didn't do anything. Like Doc Ock's arms I was just are still in his back. <laughs> and <laughs> in a couple scenes, you know, they, they ended up breaking, you know, there's this really good dialogue with, with Luther and Octopus. They, they, they conversate about getting out of jail. And there's Ock walking out with his giant octopus, his metal arms, and Lex Luthor sitting on his back. It's kind of adorable. So here we go. We're at uh, this airport. Uh, looks is it airport or is it a museum? I think it's a no. Oh, it's a museum. Excuse me. And Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Peter Parker and MJ are all happen to be in there at the same time. J. Jonah Jameson's following Parker. Um, Still has his hands wrapped around his neck. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty, essentially, it gets bad. It gets really good here. Like this is the first time I've ever seen Peter Parker snap back at Jameson, uh, which. Unless you've seen Spider-Man three, I don't like to count that uh, <laughs> as but, a movie or uh, vindicated. <laughs> it never <I> happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Oh, you know what, Parker? I, I never, you know, I've never given you uh, a vacation before." And he's like, "A hardworking, diligent photographer deserves a vacation every now and then." And uh, he goes. Jonah Jameson goes, do you know why I never gave you a vacation? And Parker goes, no, sir. He goes, because you're not hardworking, not diligent, and there are times, <laughs> Peter, old boy, where I'm not even sh- when I'm not even sure you're a photographer. And, like, this is on the airport. They're about to get ready to go. And Parker just, he just snaps on him. He just unloads. It's it's pretty funny. He goes, I'm, you know, well, maybe it's okay for the rest of your staff, but is it for me? Not anymore. I'm through being stepped on. You want me, Jameson? Find me. And there's just, like, this bug-eyed J. Jonah Jameson. Uh looking on, but they show a little thing with Superman. It's the dogma. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I guess that's gone. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, there's a scene here uh, where they're looking, they're observing like this, this satellite, a rocket, and uh, Lois Lane falls, and Peter Parker happens to catch her, and they're like, they know of each other, which is, uh, which is, which is relatively cool. They're like, oh my God, you're, Lois goes, oh, you're the Peter Parker? Oh, no, no, no. I've seen how far I can lean back. <laughs> oh, no, you're comfy. Not. You're in the dead center. You're giving me weird look. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oof. Um, but it's really cool because they both know each other, and it's just it's just so unusual. But the Superman, Superman flies in, and he does this laser beam thing, and Mary Jane and Lois Lane disappear, and it turns out it's not the actual Superman. So Spider-Man go chases after it, and this is a this is a big fight between Spider-Man and Superman. And I was actually surprised. Uh, Spider-Man held his own. Uh, Lex Luthor actually zapped him with a red sun radiation device, which enhanced Spider-Man's <laughs> abilities. Like it, it, it's like so seventies, like the oh, name yeah. of that. And Spider-Man ended up kicking the crap out of Superman for a little bit. That would never happen. Uh, I, I I personally don't <laughs> think. And he's just beating him, beating him. And then finally, Superman's like, "Okay, can you, you know, let's stop. You know, something's not right here." And Spider-Man won't stop. He punches his chest, and Superman breaks both of Spider-Man's hands. Oh my he, god! He just turned it like he just, you know, he's like, you know, it's like "I'm done." Yeah, I, I'm not having this. They they, they shake hands. <laughs> the he shakes Spider-Man's limp, broken wrist, <laughs> pretty much. And they're uh, let's see, they're at a oh, Penn Central. Oh, it's so good. Rail yard and. They think they're on to uh, Lex. They find out Lex Luthor and Doctor Octopus are behind it, and they actually turn out to be holograms. They disappear. 
but they showed him that Mary Jane and Lois are all together. Then they travel to Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, there's some kind of coordinates that they, they tracked, and it was actually really cool because there were Spider-Man and Superman team-up attacks uh, where Spider-Man would shoot webs and Superman would use his... Uh, you know, his, his heat vision, his, his laser vision, whatever you want to call it. And it would make his steel, his webs, the consisti- consistency of steel. So he would he would be able to trap enemies. They get attacked by a uh, a native there. Um, but they find out what's what's going on, and they show Lex Luthor in a Injustice Gang of the World uh, ship. He's flying to some sort of space station. A little dialogue in between there. Superman and Spider-Man eventually find their way to the space station. Um, big battle ensues, and this is pretty much towards the end. Um, Superman's beating up on o- Dr. Octopus. Spider-Man's giving Lex Luthor the, the work, and uh, and it actually ends because Lex Luthor reveals that his plan is to, to completely destroy Earth um, by tapping into some, it was like some kind of missile or some laser, and... Uh, Spider-Man's like, see, you hear that, you know, you hear that guy, Doc Ock? You're going to destroy the Earth. Where are you going to spend spend your loot then, friend? He goes, dear Lord, he's mad. You know, talking about Lex Luthor, and actually Doc Ock is the one who saves the day. Um, shoots one of his, his, you know, metal arms through the computer, uh, destroys it, and they both end up uh, captured in, in police custody. But there was a cool scene afterwards, you know, of Spider-Man and Superman doing like that, that sweet like '80s like handshake, and you know, I hope we, I hope we meet again, Spider-Man. You hope? Don't forget me. And uh, you know, after all, it isn't every day two living legends go around making history. Am I right or am I right? And Superman goes, "Spidey old friend, I don't think anyone's ever been writer." And there's a little dialogue of them and their and their secret identities at the end, walking with Mary Jane and Lois Lane. Um, my God, was this book! absolutely amazing absolutely amazing and it made me realize you know this is what comic books can be yeah you we could if we had more i'm not going to say crossovers all the time because it would lose its special value um but if we had more marvel and dc interaction team-ups with heroes team-ups with villains i think the comic world would benefit um from this completely um, just a comment on that too, and that gave you it gave you Spider Man and Superman, it gave you a little Mary Jane and Lois Lane. Yeah. But there it did not give you something that they could pay off down the line. That's Perry White and J. Jonah Jameson. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the no, actually, they did. I, I skipped over it. I apologize. Okay, because uh, those two in the there same were room. Intera- there were some interactions with them towards the end. Okay. I apologize. Yeah, um, those two in the same They're very similar characters. And they're both just screaming at each other <laughs> yeah. the entire time. Yeah, they were actually um, Clark! They, they were at a bar, actually, because uh, they were okay. talking about Clark, how he's not there when major events happen, uh, and Peter Parker, how, who's very unreliable when major things great. happen. And it was so, so well done. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I loved it. And we'll get right into the scoring um, artwork. It was a classic 70s look that I, I love so much. I, you know, the people, they throw it on, on mugs and, and shot glasses and stuff like that. I was curious, who was the artist for that? Did they use an artist from Marvel and DC, or was it just one, art, one penciler? Uh, let's see. Let's see the publisher Stanley published it. Um, written oh let's see written by Jerry Conway, drawn by yeah. Ross Andrew, inked by Dick Giordano. So it was Giordano. one penciler. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Interesting. Stan, Car, Carmine Infantino and Stanley. I think 
obviously Stan Lee was the head of Marvel. I think this Carmine was kind of the big cheese at DC at the time. They really they came together hmm. uh, for the storyline, which is really really cool um, to see. To There's see a that. second one that I saw the ad for. It's but the villains were not as cool. It's like it's Parasite from Superman. I can't Parasite remember. and I forget who I the Spider Man villain is, but it's not as good as I enjoyed Doc Ock and Lex Luthor. No, I, I'm saying that. No, that I know. Team was I, way yeah. much better. Oh, way better. Um, is it Parasite and Goblin? It may be Green Goblin, but it's 70s Green Goblin. So, so. Here's a little piece of trivia. Neil Adams actually is uncredited for redrawing a lot of the Superman uh, figures in there. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's kind of cool to know. That yeah. is neat. You know, I was looking at some of the panels. and like It's very Neil Adams-like, uh, some of the artwork on there. It's very and, and it almost seemed, yeah, it seemed like a different style sometimes, yeah. too. Like the Superman-based ones. It was like a, you know. That's why I yeah. wondered if they had two different artists yeah. doing it. Yeah, they did a really cool. good job of the art. Um, so on the art wise, I think it was very cleverly done, very very well done. I'm going to give the art a nine. Uh, action, so much action. I know it was a big long book, um, but it there was ton of action. The team up stuff with Spider Man and Superman was cool. The fight between Superman and Spider Man was really cool. I'm going to give the action a nine. Uh, story. I got to give a 10 on this one. Uh, just on the loan, the fact that it was a Marvel and DC crossover. I think that's super important. And they did such a good job of making Superman seem like balanced. I mean, nowadays we know him super OP. You know, a lot of guy, you know, comic characters really can't touch him earth based. And he, he was just, he just seemed normal. I'm going to give the story a 10. He was more balanced. I feel like in the old comics. Cause I remember you reading that like Robin Superman. Where oh he yeah. He just yeah. like punched stuff and did it. Like oh, he, he's struggling he with punched a, a circus elephant or yeah. something like that. <laughs> or sir. Yeah. Circus lion. Uh, the dialogue was really good. They, they, they did good of making you feel like, Hey, this is still Marvel's Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Or, and this is DC Superman and Clark Kent. Very well done. I'm going to give the dialogue a 10. Uh, let me do my Niagara Falls math here. Let's see, we're at 28. No, very good so far. And rereadability? Yeah, I would pick it up again in a heartbeat. Um, so I'm going to give that a 10 as well, giving it a score of 40 out of 50. That's one of the highest books I've ever done. Um, so I'm very, very proud of that one. Uh, so yes, Superman, uh, Spider-Man, greatest, the, the Battle of the Century, uh, 1976. 48 out of 50, I give it. Who... Is next. I'll go next. All right. Breaking um, the circle. Yeah, I read. Uh, so I read. Uh, it was actually a middle of a six-issue run, which is an interesting. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize that. I just saw really cool artwork. Uh, what it is is it's Darkhawk, and it's cool art artwork of Darkhawk looking like a detective in Tombstone in the background. So okay. I was like, oh, this looks cool. Um, and I know it's early ninety. I think it's ninety-one. Yeah, oh, 92, February 92, but really it's probably late 91 that it comes out because they're always a couple months ahead, Yeah, what they say in here. But uh, So it's in the middle of the thing. You actually start off with a little bit of a backstory from the last issue where Tombstone took the amulet away from Darkhawk, so he's oh. so he's without the amulet. Um, then there's a little bit of back and forth where uh, he gets saved uh, from Tombstone by like a homeless guy uh, <laughs> named Johnny, who apparently is his confidant to Darkhawk. Uh, so he's kind of talking to him, kind of healing him up and everything while that's going. And I, I said to you guys off air, this read kind of like a really good in-depth TV show because there's following all these different stories. So you have Darkhawk and all that, but then it's following this big court case 
that you find out that Dark Hawk's mother is like the lead lawyer against. Like they follow this. Uh, what is this guy's name? Is Bazin? He's like this like criminal. Like he well, he's like this big businessman that like had somebody murdered, and you realize his daughter um, Allegra actually wants to put him in jail, and they conspire to get like her brother to witness against him. It's all this crazy side story. Well, while that's happening, Dark Hawk is going to his old house. He's picking up some of his father's clothes, which I was a little disappointed because I thought, ooh, he was going to be a detective. And it was just, these were the only clothes he could find. Oh. So. Um, but uh, then then you kind of see where Darkhawk's mother, because th- they don't really say his age here, but in a little bit he visits his sick brother and then his other little brother come up and they're both like under 12. So I, they don't really say what his age is supposed to be, which I'm thinking late teens, like from what this, and his mother doesn't look old at all. No, not at all. So she just, she doesn't know who this mysterious man is. He escapes. He shows up at the hospital to see his sick brother. His other brother shows up. He tells his brother, yeah, it's me. It's Chris. Uh, And they kind of little reveal with that. But the problem with dark arc right now is he doesn't have his amulet for powers. So he can't turn into into his, himself again. So, like, he's, oh, stuck, he's stuck stuck, in the dark hawk suit. We go back to more of the trial. Uh, his mom is a badass lawyer. She basically puts this guy away from convincing that family to be witnesses against their own father. So, I thought that was pretty cool. And there was, like, a lot of panels of that. Um, and then at the end of the trial, and th- th- this is pretty cool, Savage Steel shows up randomly. Just randomly shows up. <laughs> Uh, just bust through, and is it? And he 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 says, "No precedents, no appeals. The people have spoken." <laughs> like it makes no sense. He just shows up and starts shooting up this court case. Then you see like uh, all these guys uh, kind of escape on a helicopter, and Chris finds his dad who's missing too. Uh, Darkhawk finds his dad is missing, and he's kidnapped by that Bazine guy. So they they basically. Uh, Broke into the court, Savage Steel and all these guys, so they can actually, uh, you know, help this Bazine guy get away. And like I said, his Darkhawk's dad was like an undercover to stop them. Um, They kidnap him or he's stuck on a helicopter. And then Darkhawk kind of just like goes, you know, what do I do next here? And then here's the crazy thing. And this is why I want to pick up issue issue four is he's got all this going on, right? His dad's being kidnapped by like some like millionaire murderer. Tombstone's got the amulet. And now Venom's coming up in the next issue. Yeah. I want that issue. I I, I have to like get (laughs) the next. That's so nice. Yeah. Like, um, I know a little bit about Darkhawk. In other books, I've never read a Darkhawk book before yeah. this. I really want to read this whole six-issue run because I'm sure it's, it won't be hard to find. And it's it's a very quick, easy read. Yeah. Really cool. I was expecting one thing. I was expecting gritty New York City detective. And I got, like, a Blue Bloods, like, TV show okay. type, like, high lawyer. Like, it was kind of weird. Uh, so... It, it surprised me. So as far as action, oh oh oh, oh, oh. artworks, Party foul. I, I, the yep. A's, the A's. Party foul. They're both. We should break That's them. My up. job is the mess. We that should up. break up the A's. Just saying. Um, okay, you know, well, for you maybe. No, maybe. we'll do. Uh, we'll do our work. We'll do our work. <laughs> artwork, uh, 1991 artwork. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's an elevated Sunday morning comic style. Um, I mean, it's actually pretty like thorough. Uh, for the panels with the family and all that. So I'll give it a seven. Seven? Okay. So I like big, glossy, bright, but it was pretty cool. Okay. Um, 
Action. Action now. <laughs> so you start off with a fight. You got really the court case in most of it, and then you got like the the basically the prison break at the end. Um, so for that, I'll give it a six. Like they had a cool tombstone fight in the beginning, but a lot of it was this court case happening, which was cool. But you know, it's not a lot of fighting. Right, right. Um, as far as storytelling, yep, yeah, I see. Bingo, it's just the A's. (laughs) Uh, as, As far as storytelling, uh, I'm jumping midway through the series. I don't know everything. I know a good chunk. This trial thing kind of caught me by surprise. I mean, I, 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 it told a really cool story about Darkhawk. It wants me to get to know more about him. So I'll give it. I'll give it an eight. Eight. Okay. Very good. Uh, dialogue. Dialogue was actually really good in this. Some great stuff with his mother. Uh, you know, like, oh, my husband's gone. My one kid's sick. You know, my other. I have another kid missing. Like, just all this like intense dialogue and the court case was like really like cool dialogue. So I give that a nine. Okay. Plus you find a little bit of the relationship with the homeless guy in Darkhawk. You realize he saved him. And then <laughs> Savage Steel, when he shows up, he's like, I, I, you know, I spared you from the Punisher and here you are trying to kill me. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then rereadability. Uh, it's pretty cool. Like, I don't know if I would pick up this issue again, but it wa- I want to read the first two and then I want to just, do this six issue series. Some of you would not expect uh, from the used book store, just some random yeah. 1991 dark Hawk storyline. Right. But I really would, I would want to pick up stuff for that. I always base my reroute ability on, do I want to continue the series? Yeah. And I, I would give that an eight. Okay. Cool Very little good. book. 38 out of 50 for what is that? It's dark Hawk heart of the Hawk. And it's funny, there's a weird, weird thing that says, and this is not the tunnel of love. I don't know what the hell that was about. Because <laughs> they never mentioned love or anything. It was just, it was, was like the Dr. Strange Morbius thing where it was totally thrown off. Oh, yeah. like, and that was number three, you said? Um, yes, it's part three of six. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it's a six-series run, Heart of the Hall. All right. I probably won't be able to understand my writing, so I'll message you for that. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's let's let Chris go. Other Chris, yeah. Doppel Chris. Oh Chris. man, Chris a ganger. <laughs> so He's a much better looking guy than me. There's my uh, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my old school book I picked was uh, it's it's not it's not it wasn't single issues. It's it's uh, book one of Batman the Cult. Okay. By Jim Starlin and uh, <laughs> Bernie Wrightson as the illustrator. Uh, this was 1988 DC Comics. Um, so. This story starts out uh, right away. You know something's weird uh, because Im- immediately you're, it's it's super dark. Uh, you see an image of a hillside with an old house on it, red sky, uh, and the dialogue. It, it's all uh, just dialogue boxes, um, and you you come to find out it's Bruce Wayne, and he's saying this doesn't make sense. This house doesn't belong here. I've never seen this on Wayne Estates before. So as you go through it. Uh, he talks about how he's he's you know he's going into this darkness and and uh you know he's this great ex- he's explorer he's young and and invulnerable so nothing can hurt him um and he starts and he gets gets to this hallway and he talks about how like the door at the end of the hallway is very like foreboding and he doesn't know if he should open it so he does and he goes down these stairs and he's like it almost feels like an Edgar Allan Poe type story like it's really starting to get freaky and creepy right uh there's a trap door in the floor and he opens it and the Joker pops out. <laughs> And the Joker uh, has got dynamite strapped to himself, and he says, uh, welcome to school. Basically, He's like, welcome to school. I'm going to teach you about anatomy and science. Let's see what happens when dynamite explodes the human body. 
So he lights it and nothing happens. And then he's just like, April Fool's, you know, and, and Bruce is just like, what the hell's going on? He's like, you shouldn't have done this. And he starts freaking out. And then all of a sudden, like, the Batman character, the mask starts to grow out of his head and his face. Uh, yeah, dude, it's all a dream. Dude, okay. He literally wakes up in, a, in this dream. Well, no, first, I'm sorry. Before that happens, he's getting all pissed at the Joker. He pulls out a hatchet and starts chopping the Joker up. What? And he's just like, oh, this feels so good. Why didn't I do this before, right? He wakes up. Uh, realizing it's a dream, and he's tied to uh, to the sewer pipes, and he's underground, and there's all these homeless people around him, and he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know how many days he's been there, but this homeless guy just starts reciting this story about uh, in the ancient times or how God had sent a heavenly messenger, the Savior, to save men, uh, and he was sent to this group of Indians and the Indians uh, didn't believe that he was a man of God. So the chief and these Indians overtook this guy, you know, shot him up with arrows and beat the crap out of him, threw him inside the side of a mountain and covered it with a stone. Right. Uh, and then the thing about the story, which is kind of uh, jarring at first is it jumps back and forth. So okay. there's all that weird stuff happening. Then you realize he was dreaming and he's, he's captured. Then you're thrown back to the past as this guy's telling a story you're brought back to what's going on with Batman. And throughout the story, as you go back and forth, you find out that um, in Gotham, in present time, homeless people started disappearing. But not in a bad way. Like, you could still see them walking around in the streets during the day, but at night, they were just all gone. The streets were, like, clean. And right. it didn't make sense. But then all of a sudden, uh, criminals started showing up beaten up and bloodied and really messed up. And uh, at first, Commissioner Gordon's looking at Batman like, is this you? And he's like, no, it's not me. You know, I'm not going – I don't go that far uh, in, in doing these. And usually I turn them in. Uh, so he fi he figures out that a lot of, by his detective skills, he sees, like, footprints. Uh, it's all very worn-out shoes and worn soles. And huh. so he's thinking it's got to be the homeless people, right? So you come to find out that what had happened was this savior from back in those ancient times survived the whole time. Uh, and his name is Deacon Blackfire. Uh, he's actually a, a famous uh, Batman villain. Um, okay. So Deacon Joseph Blackfire. So this guy has basically got the entire homeless population following him, like a congregation, and he's having them go out there and do all this stuff. Uh, and so he's captured Batman, and he's basically torturing him and, and breaking him down because he's, he's going to brainwash him. Huh. To follow in in what he preaches, as in you know you got to follow me and do that, and that's exactly what happens throughout this thing. You're going back and forth to like how uh, how he got out of the side of the mountain when the, this this uh, these other Indians came through and were you know, clearing the land out and stuff, and he breaks out. Um, you get a little bit more of what's happening and how Batman figures out it's this this Deacon Blackfire. And then he ends up getting shot. Like he gets, he, Batman uh, is in an alleyway to stop a crime, and he wasn't ready for it. And one of the guys from behind him shoots him, oh. and he blacks out. And when he wakes up, he's caught, you know. And so they're feeding him food and stuff, and he realizes, wait, I shouldn't be eating this, even though he's starving. And then sure enough, he starts seeing things, and stuff's getting all trippy and shit. And then all of a sudden, um, the deacon shows up and is like kisses him on the cheek and is telling them all like to follow him and all this stuff and he's Batman really slowly you start seeing him breaking and he's just like yeah you're right you're so right you know what I mean <laughs> and by the end of the first issue uh, he's completely converted like he's gonna cool. he's like on his hands and knees crying and he's like I see I see the light kind of thing and this deacon's like yes my son you know wow. uh, and and 
yeah, they 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 uh, they convert him, if you will. So at the end of the first the first book, Batman is now converted to this cult, and who knows how Deacon Blackfire is going to use him. That's really cool. I'm yeah. I'm interested. hooked on this. Yeah. <laughs> when did yeah. they come out? Uh, 1988. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. it's an older book. Jim, Star- Jim Starlin's a great writer. He really is. Um, so you want to just get on the – how does the rating go? So it's, it's, uh, it's artwork. It's out of 10. Um, artwork is the first one, yep. All right, so artwork, I have to say, artwork is by uh, Bernie Wrightson, illustrator. I'm not that much of a fan. It's okay, but when you really get to look at it, it's the kind of artwork that seems like, uh, okay, we have a special that's coming out. We need it by this time. So it's almost sketched kind of artwork. Okay. And then, like, the, the coloring, the color palettes, some of them um, – I don't know. It seems it's that old school '80s kind of like sloppy way of doing it, where you can still see whites yeah, at the yeah, edges. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like they rushed through it to get the story out. Uh, so when you see like certain pages that are just like almost flat colors, oh yeah, it's it's like oh that's the cheating way of hurrying <laughs> up and getting through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for artwork, I would probably give it a four. A four, yeah, okay. on four, and because also because it's uh, super long, pointy ear Batman, and that's the one I, I I'm not a big fan of big giant pointy ear Batman. Um, what's action up next? Is the next? Action, yeah. Uh, it's not the kind of action that you're looking for. In comics, you know what I mean. You're looking for a lot of action. There's a whole lot of dialogue. Uh, the the action comes in little spurts, like when you see the Indians attacking the guy, or or um, you know the the homeless attacking the the the, the criminals in the in, in the alleyway. So the action is pretty low on this as well. I, I would have to keep that at a four. Okay. Story is next. Story's great. Right away, I was. It's That's just like this is a great idea. And now, like, this is supposed to be like the, a genius, right? The world's smartest detective. Like, what happens when somebody as charismatic as a cult leader can break him, right? And yeah. literally break his brain. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I'm straight in a nine on the on the story. Very good. Dialogue is next. Uh, dialogue is is actually pretty good. Um, you know, because a lot of it's dialogue driven. There's a lot of story that's behind it. Uh, throughout, there's also these scenes where. Um, it's it's news newscasters and it's done in the Frank Miller uh, Dark Knight Return style. You know what I mean? Gridded and each yeah. of these. So it's kind of cool. It helps the story give along and all the characters have a voice. It doesn't feel like the writer is 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 the one on the, on the voice. You know what I mean? Each of them has sounds like a character. Uh, so the dialogue I would probably give us a seven. A seven. Yeah. Okay. And rereadability is your last one. Uh, yeah, most definitely. You could come back to the, especially being the first one in the story to kick it off, uh, how intriguing it is and how you watch Batman break down throughout the issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could definitely read this again. I would put this up at a nine. Nine? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Very good. So it is 30, 33. 33 out of 50. Um, I Not mean, bad. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I mean, it's. Yeah, I'm very interested in it for sure. See where it goes. And you said 1988. It's, 1988. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah, I'm gonna have to find that one. I gotta open up. I gotta, it, it doesn't read like an 88 book. No, it doesn't. No. That's like that sounds more like current, like long Halloween, yeah. like yeah, yeah like that well. type style. Yeah. Uh, you could tell it's an older book, but by the art style, and then also the um the lettering style. Like, you know how back in the day it was really slanted that sometimes <laughs> yeah. you're just like, what is that word? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's definitely the old school lettering style. Uh, but, yeah, it was great. Great read. Definitely recommend it. Oh, so good. So good. Greg. Hello. You are up. Okay. I moved my mic now. 
I did, uh, this is actually, it's Doctor Strange, issue 62 from uh, February 94. Okay. But it is actually, Doctor Strange's name is scratched out on the cover, and it's Doctor Doom, Sorcerer Supreme Ooh. is the title. Um, so I'll hop into it. You get the, this kind of weird... Um, it does this like back and forth. You get like this. What's the word? Almost like predator, like red vision on some of the panels. And oh, it's uh, yeah, I know what you're talking the about. The infrared. There we infrared, go. Infrared. Yes. It, it's a group of um, like archaeologists trying to dig up some some artifact they're looking for, and they're talking about how their government funded got cut, but they really need to get this artifact, and they want to prove them wrong. Um, and as this is happening, it's bouncing between the infrared, and you get like dooms. Um, silhouette in the background with like this robotic voice talking and they do like the purple dialogue box with the radio waves to right. get the idea of what's happening and in the infrared he's like taking down the workers like one at a time um, and they're still going there and like you cut over and doom's just like watching them through waiting for them to pull out this artifact for whatever reason he couldn't find it himself and these people have found it and he's ticked off about it but like He's he's just waiting and ready for it. Um, and the the second they break the magical barrier that was hiding the artifact, he shuts off all the lights and immediately grabs the artifact with his magic and pulls it away and like burns one of these guys alive. Like his face is burning off. It's kind of crazy. Um, he snags it, starts taking down the archaeologists, and gets blasted all of a sudden by a very interesting looking doctor strange um it is a blue suit and it, he's got like a white and black mask um and they start getting into a little bit of a fight um fighting back and forth over this ouroboros um i believe it is artifact and it's just they're just going back and forth like blasting each other but doom no notices that like strange is hitting innocence and not feeling any remorse about it like he's like tearing like you see this one woman like her body is like getting twisted by the magic and like she gets like wrapped up into the ouroboros um that they're fighting over and like everyone's just running and doom and strange are duking out and strange just doesn't care what's happening um and then it randomly cuts over to morbius <laughs> okay. in the middle of this fight. A lot of crossovers in Doctor Strange was yeah. movie, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Well, this is a, a Midnight Suns comic, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. It is listed off in the corner there. Um, and Morbius is just sitting, like, wondering about everything that's happened and that Doctor Strange just all of a sudden went missing. He's sitting where the Sanctum used to be, and it's just gone. Just out of nowhere, the Sanctum's gone. And this must be a theme for today. Um, cause then Morbius notices a homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of homeless. That's yeah. going to be the title of this episode, I guess. You just didn't have a homeless guy, right? Heroes and hobos. Heroes and hobos. <laughs> <laughs> done. It's done. Um, and <laughs> settled. he, he sees this homeless guy running after a cat and he thinks it's, it's strange. And then the homeless person like turns around and looks, he goes, easy buddy. I'm just trying to catch my cat. And he goes, I'll move if this is your spot. And, <laughs> he says he's hallucinating and runs away, um, but like Strange picks up the cat and it, it's Clea as a cat, and he changes like the homeless person turns back into Strange, um, and it cuts back to the fight between this weird other Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, um, going back and forth, just both monologuing at each other, and 
<clears throat> Strange actually blasts Doom and he explodes, and it turns out it is a Doom bot, um, and it cuts it cuts over to Latveria, and it is actually Nathan Richards controlling the Doom bot and not actual Doctor Doom. Ooh, um, that's interesting. Yeah. And it tells you more. It goes most likely in a current issue of the the Fantastic Four. We'll get back to what <laughs> little editor's note box. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. You're not gonna get any of him in this. Which at least that they tell you, you don't. Yeah. They don't make you go buy another one. Um, Morbius is still looking for Doctor Strange, and it cuts back to him sitting in his little um, mausoleum. And all of a sudden, the symbol for the Sanctum Sanctorum shows up. Um, and he realizes that um, that this arcane thing, it's a window and that Strange is trying to talk to him. And all of a sudden he gets like swept up in all of these like violins and and all of this weird stuff. They start playing music to him, trying to like, like trying to pacify him and he fights it off. And then he gets sucked into a different dimension and there is an older looking Doctor Strange upside down saying, it's been a while, hasn't it, to Morbius. Interesting. Yeah. And that's where it ends. I, actually, reading this back through, I realized I liked it more than I read it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, always a good thing. Also, I did have to note, uh, I did see a when the lunch of your life advertisement in there. Can I see that really quick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one to turn down lunch. There were some fleet NBA uh, cards in there. There's some great. There. Some like, great the 90s that? ones are great. Like, Yeah. There's, where's that one, lunch of your life? And there was some X-Men uh, stuff in that picture, too. I had the Beetlejuice Game Boy hey, one, which I thought was man, pretty sweet. That's awesome. I remember that. There was a really good ad right in the beginning, and I forget. We might have to do an episode on just, like, just the, all ad. the ads. ads. I th- I oh, think there's the be... lunch of your lifetime. How do I win? How do I win? You can get Is a free st- poster, too. It's from <gasps> Pizza Hut. Oh, my God. I love Pizza Hut. <laughs> there was, where's the game Just walk ad? in. Is this still good? <laughs> <laughs> can I review Three Musketeers Adventure? <laughs> oh, my God. It's literally a comic based on Three Musketeers. <laughs> there was also a uh, this Lethal Enforcer it. game if, from Sega, if you yeah. remember it. And the tagline for it was, yes, that is a gun in our package, and we're happy to see you. Oh, man. <laughs> Straight 90s. I love the so 90s. So good. Um, but So this comic, I'll hop into it. The art, I'm actually, I wasn't crazy about the art. It, even though it felt very, like, it felt very, like, Spider-Man animated series style, I still, I don't know, there was just something about it that irked me. It might have been because of my new comic, and I read my new comic before I hopped into this, and ah. the art for my new comic is killer. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but there's certain parts I really like. I'm going to give the artist, I'm going to give it a five. I was going to be generous, five. but I'm going to give it a five. There are some panels that are gorgeous. Like, this Doctor Strange panel is so nice, but there's just some of it that just irks me. Um um, action, yeah. Action is a, is an eight. There was a ton of action. The fight between Strange and Doom is awesome. Just like they're just literally blasting each other back and forth in this in this graveyard, and it's kind of nuts. Um, and just some of the panels of like the people getting sucked up into the the magical spells was really cool. Um, next was I always this story. Yes. The story was a little hard to follow. I'm going to start giving you guys like candy, like a cookie yeah. every time you guess it right. Dude, oh, I'm going to put If that's the case, I'm all about they're, it. They're not going to be like the good soft like Chips Ahoy. They're going to be the, the rock hard ones that break your teeth. <laughs> Joke's on you. I'm going to bring a bottle Famous of milk. Famous Amos. <laughs> Famous Amos. Give me some Fortmans. Fortmans. Oof. Oof. Fortman wafers. Oof. I love them. Um, 
story. The story was it, like I said, it was pretty hard to follow. Uh, now that I'm like looking over it, it wasn't. It, it was hard. There's things that are going on that I don't totally understand. I'm gonna give the story a four. Okay. Um, and that is because, holy cow, the dialogue. <laughs> it is typical Doctor Strange and Doom dialogue. So it is so it is so tough to read. Like one of the lines is literally like, "These peasants mean nothing to Doctor Strange. Come spout your grating rhymes." Mortgage magic force from your one of your sponsors with the peculiar names like big words, yeah. Who and then and Doctor Strange responds right back. So it is it is a definitely a tough. Yeah, it's it's funny because like that's one of the reasons why my dad never got like when he was heavy into reading comics growing up. He never got into Doctor Strange, and he never got into Thor because the the, yeah. the the dialogue was so. It's hard it was, for me with Thor still to this day. Yeah, like I tell you that. That uh, Asgardians of the oh, Galaxy yeah. was trash because of the dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> it makes and they amped up the like Doom's dialogue in this. Like it's Doom's dialogue was really hard too. All right, um, I'm gonna give the dialogue again a four. It was it was tough to follow. Um, it, it made the story a lot harder to follow because it was like, dude, I don't know some of these words, and you're throwing not only scientific things at me, but arcane things that are even harder like to really track down. Um, rereadability. Based on I, this actual comic, I, w- I don't know if I would re-read it again, but based on like – I do the kind of the same thing Chris does where would I continue the series? Yeah. I'm actually really intrigued what's going on with, with Doctor Strange and why there's like an imposter Doctor Strange with a really cool suit going around. Um, so I would give the rereadability ability a seven. A seven? This is probably one of my lower rated comic books. Yeah, this is pretty low for you. Uh, 28. Yeah. So – Barely over 50. Still better than what I usually get. Barely over 50? 50%, excuse me. <laughs> Barely over 50%, excuse me. 28 is higher than 50. <laughs> Niagara Falls math, everybody. All right, very good. Now we're going to move on to our new books. And as we said, they're books that have come out within the last month. Um, mine uh, book for this month was spider in number three. And I was super uh, – the, the cover hooked me. Because there's a lot of different versions of Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man. I'm going to name name them all as uh, I run through the story real quick. Uh, and there's some cool versions. But I mostly popped for uh, for the Ben Riley Spider-Man. Because that's like my favorite alternative Spider-Man. Scarlet Spider. Scarlet Spider. I just love the costume. Um, it's, it's so cool. But uh, we'll get into it right now. Um, it starts off. There is... A, uh, let's see, there's Spider-Man, the Peter Parker of Earth 1048, and Superior Spider-Man, Otto Octavius of Earth 616. They're on some planet, and they're watching uh, this giant robot, Leo Pardon, who is the giant robot piloted by Takiyua Yamashiro, a.k.a. Spider-Man of Earth 51778. Like the Japanese, yeah. Dude, it was like a power, like a Spider-Man Power Ranger, like Megazord. So it's that, that one's actually based off a uh, Japanese TV show. Oh, was it really? There was a Spider-Man TV show, and he had like a kaiju battling robot. Mm. <laughs> I feel like you've mentioned that before. Oh yeah, it was. It's th- awesome. For some reason, the Spider-Man property was takeable in the seventies. Like, yeah. there's a really cheesy thing called Italian Spider-Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Leo Pardon will be part of the new Spider-Man movie. Animated. Oh, one. that anime one. Okay, yeah. so that's. Cool. I mean, his Zord looked pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I love that I, it's a Zord. I, I, like, it's the only way to describe it. That's uh, the Spider-Man video game Spider-Man. 
Yes, that one yeah, in the right? top corner. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yep. They've made him canon now, like yeah. part of the, the universe. It's, yeah, it's super cool. They said suit. the suits in the cartoon movie too. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So and it, it's a pretty cool looking suit too. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um but yeah, he's battling this giant like one eyed monster thing and and uh they eventually hop on board and, and they're with them and then Leopard and he throws his sword at this one eyed monster thing and <laughs> what? Is the dog doing something bad again? Nope. <laughs> We're just we we chuckled because you said one eyed monster. It's like a cyclops. <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny actually. That's kind of funny. It looks like a Power Rangers cyclops. There's gonna be a lot of Power Rangers references in this book. Uh, it's like a the Power Rangers cyclops monster, and uh, so it's cool. Add for the defenders in there, um, and then bam, they 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 transport to this place where other spider. People are meeting. We have Spider Ham, who is Peter Porker of Earth 88311. We have Spider Man and Spinneret, Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson, Parker of Earth 18119. And then there's Spider Ben and Petey. Yep. <laughs> ben and Peter Parker of Earth 91918. Uh, they're just kind of chit chatting about this this mission and and whatnot that they have going on. There's like it's like it's like SP. Slash slash dr Penny Parker of Earth one four five one two and Silk Cindy Moon of Earth six one six and there's they show mm-hmm. Miles Morales he's kind of like leading all of them. Uh, I, I'm all about Spider Ham. I need to find more books on him. Oh yeah, um, Spiders Man was actually pretty cool. Uh, I seen they showed him who's he's a thousand of, of spiders that believe that they are Peter Parker. <laughs> what in, in, a, in a suit and he actually like when they show close ups of his costume there's just spiders. Crawling around on the outside uh, of the mask. That's cool. They got it. it was it, it was it was pretty cool visually. Um, the web web slinger Ponderosa Parker of Earth three one nine one three, and then there's a Spider Man who is Norman Osborn of Earth four four one four five. They show Spider Punk, Octavia Otto, um, and then Ben Riley jumps in on this on this meeting of of what's going on, and. I, I just realized that the cowboy was web slinger, which yeah. is awesome. It, yeah. Like it's so it's, subtle. It's it's super subtle. Um, I don't know what the story really is going <laughs> yeah. on. It's just a lot of introductions. I, I think it's just like, hey, look at all these Spider-Man. Yeah, movies. basically, that's what it seemed like. They, they were all discussing stuff about their own, like you know, their own Earths and their own pretty much realms, realities. Uh, and then they show this guy named Solus, father of the Inheritors, yeah, and his like I don't know what they are to him, like. Bricks, Genix, Bora, and Deimos. They look like uh, his kids. Are they his kids? Okay. You probably know this better than I do. This is a follow-up to the Spider-Verse That's storyline. Right. That's that right. so good. You did, you did, you did the enjoy that. octopus one, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, no, I did that for this. Okay. I did the introduction to this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. So you have their meeting. Um, they're about to blow something. It looks like blow up a, a, a ship up with them in it. Um, and they... Break the. Let's see who this broad's name is. Uh, Bora, Bora. She throws something, breaks the detonator, and a huge fight ensues. And it's, I mean, there's some cool, cool scenes. There's not a whole lot of action with it, um, but all of a sudden the the giant <laughs> Spider-Man sword. I forget Leopardo, Leopardin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I got it right. Uh, breaks into this building and out comes Spider Punk and Spider's Man and Web Slinger and all of them. They're just they're just 
joining the battle. They get all the other Spider-Men to retreat to Leo Pardon. And <laughs> this one was really hard to follow. Uh, it actually transforms into like a flying car. <laughs> it looks like the Fantastic Four thing with like like a like just the head just sitting on the top, and they, they got away. Oh, and awesome. uh, yeah, I mean some other just dialogue about what's. I, it was so hard to follow, um, but that's pretty much it. There's a little meeting with uh, Spider's Man, and then the Norman Osborn um, one about sacrificing. Uh, other Spider-Men to get their, their mission done, and it was done in private. Um, do you guys uh, think it speaks to like the specialness of the character of Spider-Man that they can do this? Because I can't see myself yeah. really enjoying a Batman book with all different versions of Batmans. And, you know, well, in that respect, that may be good. In though. this respect, you know, Dark Knight's I mean? Metal was, but that was totally well, that's different. totally different. Yeah. But I would love. They, like you have like <laughs> like different yeah. like jo- they have George Clooney Batman oh my and God. they have Batman. Okay, see if we're Batman. doing that, then see, I'm like, I feel like that, I'm in. I feel like that would be a lot of fun because think, Batman is done in yeah, so yeah. many different. I think versions. Batman was the only example that you could have picked that. But I'm could just work. thinking, like really, <laughs> yeah. a, a pig Batman. Oh yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I don't know if I'd be in. I'd, I I just I, feel like with Spider-Man, it it feels like it works with every single one that they come out. Well, with, whatever version. I'm all about Batmite, man. Oh, there you go. And it's, Batmite's like Peter Porker, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, just I think it's the go- it goes hand in hand with the the goofiness of the Spider-Man character that we've all known. Peter yeah. Parker's persona, his wittiness, and like he's just. And then when they interact with each other, it just works. It's that, hilarious. That whole, like, like it actually makes me kind of want to go see that the, the cartoon. Yeah, oh, I'm definitely going to see that. That's, That's not a joke. Which I, I'm, you know, that, I'm kind of curious to see what you know how it's going to go. Um, but as far as the comic book storyline, yes, it was. It's a three, so it's in the middle of it. Yeah, uh, I do have two. I probably should have read that before, and I got to find one. And on top of it, like there's Vault of Spiders, which ties into this. Yeah. that's going on. And into the Spider Verse, which was another like six issue, is yeah. basically the. F- this is a sequel to that. Right. So you're in the middle of like you're what you're halfway through the second movie of a series, basically. Yeah. yeah. Tough one to jump into, um, but like I said, the cover looked really cool. I was very impressed with Spider-verse it. Spider Verse was what uh, introduced Spider Gwen yes. to Marvel, right? Yes. Yeah. It, and that was like one of the the first times like Miles got to really shine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got I lucky that. with that Spider Gwen character, didn't they? Oh, she's so good. <laughs> they really did. Oh. And, did you guys read the, the, the those issues that when uh, when Peter Parker came face to face with her for the first time? I know I did. I'm there's sure like it was two. Quite it's two panels. It's like two panels that is the most heart wrenching panels. And he says something along the lines of like, "I wish I could have saved you" or something yep. like that. And and she just I forgot what she says, but it's just like I I had a lump in my yeah, throat. I was just like, "This is intense. I cannot wow. believe he's like looking at Gwen well, Stacy." And because on I mean? her, on her world, it yeah. flip flopped where she tried right. to save him and his neck yeah. broke. So they're both yeah, like looking yeah. at each other. It's crazy. It's so good. It's I, so good. I would like to find that. Book I feel now. like Spider Man has so many good characters and ways of telling those stories. Yeah. Um, I was a huge fan of Superior Spider Man too. Yes. Did you ever read that run? Yep. <sighs> and we just and we covered so Superior good, Octopus dude. on here, which was yeah. yeah. I mean, that was just so good. So many, yeah, so Made me really people. appreciate. O- he o- he Dr. shined Octopus. in Spider Verse as well. Uh, he was a huge part of Spider Verse. Yeah. I have been liking this take on him. Like I was like when I first heard of it, I was like, eh, you know, do- just, I, I like every I, I like everybody thing. as is. You know what I mean? Doctor Octopus, stay the villain. I thought the same thing till I read Superior Spider Man, and man, talk about like you guys last week were talking about that whole taking a heel and really putting him through 
through such a change that he comes out the face at the end and and not just the face where you're just like oh it's kind of cool it's like one you're really pulling for yes and this was one like by by like the third or fourth issue into it you could see he was starting to change halfway through the series you're kind of pulling for him and at the end you're just kind of like how is it that i totally would be mm-hmm. completely fine if Peter didn't come back and it was yeah, him. You know him. what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, it's, it was cool. He was great because he still keeps like like the the aspects of him that yeah. made him awesome as Doc yeah. Rock, though. So yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah. super cool. He's about him. always better than the dialogue yeah. and, and just everything. Yeah. There's, there's an innocence about him in your Superman book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He saves the day. Alfred Molina take on in Spider Man Two. Well, I don't think they ever should do Doc Rock again in a live action. Because no, he was he was he fantastic. Was, he was actually, best. but really you honestly had sympathy for. Yeah. So good. No, I I've never been a big fan of Doc Ock until I like grew up, until I seen his performance in Spider-Man 2 and reading these books like I'm, I'm like okay, maybe, you know, he's a little bit better than I gave him credit for. Yeah. You know, I've always been like the over the, you know, your Venoms, your Carnage, you know, as far as Spider-Man villain goes, villains go. And I, I never went into like the super brainy uh you know, smart ones and like just yeah, Doc Ock is really just he's really shined for me the these last couple uh Mm-hmm. Years really, uh, just reading his stuff. But it I, takes a lot for a brainy villain to shine because every hero has one. Yes, and they're all based on tech, so you really have to give them heart. Like that's why Lex Luthor does so well is because of like that storyline with Superman makes him popular. Yeah, but there's every every vil- hero has that super smart, and it's just like, okay. Like Flash has the thinker; he's all right, but like he doesn't he doesn't have that same heart to him that some of the other ones do right right very good um all right let's get to the scoring for this one so for artwork i was very impressed with the artwork and very happy because what they did was they obviously took a bunch of different styles uh, of spider-man and it was really well done i mean the cover hooked me in that's really what sold me to this is the cover and the cover is really cool it's got just about every uh version of spider-man in this book um, in here, and and the artwork was a really cool uh, modern, modern look. I'm usually a big fan of the like the '90s, uh, you know, the mid to late '90s stuff. Some of the early '90s, um, but I was very impressed with the design with it. Uh, I'm gonna give the artwork a eight. Action, uh, not a whole lot. I mean, there were, it was it was relatively minimal, you know. With uh, you know, there was just a little bit with Leopardin and the Cyclops monster. Uh, you know, a little f- skirmish at the end. Um, it was pretty minimal, so I'm going to give the action a four. Uh, story. I like I said, I was I was pretty lost throughout, and that's that's my fault uh, for not reading the previous two issues. Uh, so I'm going to give the story a, um, or I'm going to give it credit because it it, it appears to be a lot deeper than you know what I've seen. Um, so I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the story like a six, six. Give it a little more credit than I I probably should or probably usually would. Uh, dialogue, really really cool and and like you get, you you said it's cool to see all the different Spider-Mans interacting with each other. They're different personalities. Um, the way they talk, like um, Superior with the Doc Ock Spider-Man, oh, yeah. you know, talking just as you expect. Uh, Doc Ock would in any other comic book without the mask, you know, with his as a villain with his bowl cut. Yeah, with his <laughs> bowl cut. I love that bowl cut. It's so good. Now he's um, got like a mohawk. Does he? Yeah. Oh wait, no. I think I've seen this. I think I've seen this. Um, 
So actually, I'm going to give the dialogue a 10. It's probably its strongest feature in here. Rereadability, again, like like we've been saying, it's really about would we read the other ones and then come back to it essentially. Um, and, and I probably would. If, if I had a better grasp and understanding of the story, which, like I said, that's on me for not getting that before I read and reviewed this, um, I think it would be pretty good. Rereadability, I'm going to give... I'm going to give a six. That's, yeah. That's so, fair. That's fair. 13 plus six, 19, 29, 35, 35. So, not horrible, um, but I'll take it. Uh, 35 out of 50 for spider Get at number three. Mr. Gullo. All right. So, so you know, uh, there's a, comes a time in a man's life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he just gets giddy, and uh, when I originally saw the advertisements that they were going to mix Spider-Man and Moon Knight together, I was like, as soon as I can find this book, I'm reviewing it on this show. And that's what I'm doing. This is Infinity Warp's Arachnite issue one, and what's great is it's not just one-off, which yeah. I'm really excited about. So the the plot of these Infinity Warps, for the people listening out there, Gamora got, has the Infinity Stones. But instead of doing what Thanos does, which is wipe out half the universe, she folds half the universe into the other half. So it kind of just changes time and changes origins. And now people are together, like Doctor Strange and Captain America are together. Um, Thor and Iron Man are together. Uh, there's some other ones too. But the one that I was really excited about was, of course, Arachnite, which is Moon Knight and Spider-Man together my two favorite heroes now is this happening in the current like timeline stream in 616 so like or is this kind of like a what if style it's, thing it's like an infinity wars series that's going on right now that's like a six issue and then the warps are kind of like a side thing that's with it and they're running issues for all of them soldier supreme okay uh hex weapon hex oh that's uh, kind of cool iron hammer so it's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like what's it's it's a result of what she's done in this yeah. storyline okay yeah Okay. So it is kind of what if it aspect of okay. like uh, here's the whole universe because they'll end up fixing this. it at some point. Obviously, yeah. it's for fun, really. Um, it is, and it's to these uh, putting these people together. Like the Ghost Panther is the one I really yeah. want to read after this one, but this, of course, together. And what's great is you get a new origin and everything, yeah. and it's Peter Parker. He is the main character. Um, you go back to outside of the uh, American Museum of Natural History. Uh, he's there with uh, Uncle Ben and Aunt May, and they're just in the park late at night for some weird reason. <laughs> and uh, um, a a green hairy goblin, so not a green goblin, but a hairy goblin. It looks very bear-like. <laughs> uh, a green hairy goblin starts attacking the Parker family. It kills Uncle Ben. It kills Aunt May. And it almost kills Peter. Peter is basically lying there dead. Now, this is where they did the origins a little different. As you know, Moon Knight, he's basically lying there dead. Right. The moon god brings him back to life. Nice. Peter there is lying there dead, and a spider comes up to him and says that I'm going to I'm going to make you uh I'm going to turn this around I you know I I'm going to awaken a totem. So it's basically totem of a spider. Yep. You are one of us. And it, and uh so now he this spider and a really cool artwork right here for the people listening there. Really cool. Oh yeah, panel. very nice. awesome. Um so the spider bites him and now it's like the spider totem instead of the moon god yep. totem. 
and he's now has split personality. Oh, it's nice. multiple versions of the Spider God oh. talking to him. Oh, I love it. Which That's is cool, so dude. I'm cool. gonna have to We're, check It's this very Venom esque in that aspect too, and it's still got that Moon Knight split personality. Yeah, because it, it says. And in that moment, I became we. So now this spider god has multiple personalities. You know, it's Venom's connecting cool. to an ancient bloodline. And now here he is. He's a spider god, basically. Nice. That's cool. So you go to the next day where they don't believe him. Like, there was no hairy monster, this and that, whatever. So 15 years later, because he's a Ooh. kid at the time. 15 years later, here he is. And this, like, I bring up the artwork again. The artwork is so cool. It's so like yeah, it's really interesting. So here he is attacking Michael Morbius, which Morbius is pretty cool. He looks like a punk rocker kind of like he's <laughs> he looks different too. Everybody's different in this. Yeah, you, you can tell. Oh, and by the way, the Osborns, which we'll get to in a minute, they're not the Osborns; they're the Russells. Oh, Mary Jane is Marley Jane. Like there's these little there's these yeah, little yeah, changes yeah. that that Green Goblin looked like Goblin and the Jackal mixed together. Yeah, That's yeah, nice it's thing, pretty yeah. cool. Um, so you kind of have back and forth here and uh, Arachnite's basically going to kill Morbius for trying to rob that, that, that the, the blood bank where Harry pulls up and he goes, all right, ease up there, get in the car. And this Harry Peter relationship is very similar to what we know. Um, Harry's got an interesting, uh, like Fu Manchu going on, <laughs> but, uh, so we go back. Uh, so now, like Harry and them, he, they talk or whatever. And now we're the next day, and Peter Parker's the head of Parker Industries. So we have that going on. So he's head of Parker Industries, and he's like, uh, you know, rich businessman by day and mad scientist by night. Like he's trying oh, to develop nice. all these things. And and Harry's telling him, "We got to go to China. We're going to mess this deal, this and that, whatever." So they get in their car on the way to catch the jet, and. Harry gets a call from his father, Norman, and Peter's like, let's go visit him. Let's go visit him. And Harry's like, no, no. Peter goes, let's go visit him. He goes, okay, you're going to regret this. So they go and visit him, and you just kind of see a silhouette of an old, decrepit man, and you know, and you kind of feel bad for Norman Oswald, Norman Russell. So then Peter goes outside. He takes a cell phone call, making a business deal or whatever, and out comes the green Harry Goblin 15 years later. Starts attacking him, so he becomes a rack knight. They're going back and forth. Um, pretty, pretty cool scene there. Uh, it, it shows the multiple people telling, like, multiple personalities telling Peter what what to do. You know, uh, hey Peter, just sustain him. And the one, the one spider's like, spider god's like, he tried to claw your face off. Like, it's, <laughs> it, it really, and just like I said, the artwork just once again so cool. Yeah. Um. So finally, it comes to a decision where it looks like Peter's going to kill the green hairy goblin for, for avenging. He goes, I know I don't kill, but you killed my family. And he goes to kill him. And Harry electrocutes Peter. Uh, and says, sorry, I, but I couldn't let you do that to my father. And you kind of see him walk away with, 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 with Norman, uh, all looking at Norman Russell. Cool. Uh, sick oh, and Russell. Wow. What a swerve. That's cool. That is, so the origins are there. There's a goblin. It's Norman Osborne. Well, Norman Russell, whatever, uh, yeah. I mean, there would I have want more Moon Knight? Yes, yeah. it was. I mean, the costume was more Moon Knight inspired than Spider Man, but it was, it was a, it was a cool take on a Spider Man story. Yeah, right. I yeah. thought, I, I thought it was a different take on a Spider Man story. The the costume and the split personality are like the most 
Moon Knight. Yes. Yeah. But the the all the characters. Yeah. Like you didn't see Pierre Deschamps. Like no. there wasn't anything like it was Yet. a Spider Man story. It's Peter Parker. It's yeah. part head of Parker Industries. Yeah, you're right. It's number one. So we, who knows, right? But yeah. hopefully, I mean, you want to you want to see a little bit more, even. You know yeah. what I mean? I, so you know how I will say this. You know, I talk about split personalities and not Moon Knight. He is. He's the scientist. He's a millionaire playboy. He's a rack knight. He is clearly three personalities. Yeah. So you know, much like you know, there's uh, you know Mark Spector and this and that. The Russell stuff. I think I got it now. Now I finally reading the second time like you did with yours. Moon Knight's villain and then friend is Jack Russell, werewolf at night. There you go. Oh, uh, that's what it is. There you go. It's a werewolf goblin. Oh, it is. It's a werewolf. Moon Knight's yeah. first villain. There you go. So, so yeah. So, okay. Now we get it. All right. Let's read it. <laughs> I was wondering what, like, if, I was like, why would they cross Jackal? That's another Spider-Man The ratings Spider-Man just villain. went higher. <laughs> I was like, oh, epiphany. Story 10. Um, well, okay. Well, let's get into that. Uh, artwork. You did so it. proud of you. Yeah. Yes. Artwork. Um, very, you know, the modern artwork could be sometimes too, like, modern, but this was really cool. The goblin work was really good. I loved the, the spider uh, and you were outside for this, Matt. The spider totem thing. Oh, that's uh, cool. like panel was just absolutely incredible. Just really cool. I know I'm gonna I'm gonna homeboy this book. I know I am. Uh, <laughs> it's, but uh, by the way, a great. I, I can't wait to read the typhoid fevers. Uh, they have an ad in there for that. The first one just came out. Yeah, I, I want to read that. But uh, just super fantastic. Um, Ten for the artwork. Okay. The action, pretty cool. You got an, a sweet little fight in the beginning. Um, and then you got the f- kind of fight at the end. Uh, I mean, that's, you got a lot of action in this. I'm giving it a 10. 10 for the action. Um, All right. <laughs> this is going to be Storytelling. This story is so cool. Like I said, being a Spider-Man fan and discovering Moon Knight at a later age, it's like that innocence of my – but then I'm getting that what I know now yeah. about Moon Knight. So it's, that was fantastic. And like I said, reading it a second time, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it, it, it's going to do that. Um, dialogue. Uh, story. You didn't even get a oh, story. I, I, oh, oh, story's a 10. Should have known. Should have known. Oh, this is I, – I, I'm sorry. This no, that's is, it's, what – dude, it's it's, if you're excited about a book, it, absolutely. It's be, happening. Show it off. Chris, um, I straight up gave Heroes in Crisis a 50 without explaining why I just said yeah. it's a 50. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so dialogue, really cool. You get to know the characters. I loved the banter went back and forth between Harry and Peter. They didn't uh, talk much about Marley Jane, but she had a little bit in there. She also has like straight hair. She kind of looks like um, Brigitte Nelson. So it's okay. like short, straight hair. It's kind of interesting. Uh, but I'm giving that a 10 and then rereadability. Not only will I pick this up, but issue number two, I'm picking up as soon as it comes out. This is one of the coolest books. And I know I've said that about the Ghost Rider series. I said oh, yeah. that about the Iceman series, but this is one of the coolest new books I've ever read. Nice. Dun, da, da, da. 50. Perfect that score. That may be my first 50. It's your second. I, th- I did second? I don't know. I don't think I I think I came close with Ghost Rider and Iceman, but I, I think you were like it. 46 on yeah, Ghost Rider. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. He was close. So you I don't even know where all the papers went. So. <laughs> I've given out two 50s. Have you? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. I'm generous. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, maybe it was the fanboy. I mean, I'm going to have to I, check I, it out. Yeah, I read cool. it through rose-colored yeah. glasses. I know I did. <laughs> and I'll be interested to know if they add him to the Spider-Verse now, the Arachnid. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's the first cool, thing I, cool. I was thinking. Like, They should. They might as well. I mean, that's a very sweet-looking Spider-Man. Yeah. 
Um, That'll be nice, too, to have the crazy Spider-Man talking to crazy voices <laughs> when Spider-Man talks to himself anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of works, you know what yeah. I mean? I love it. Oh, yeah, and they changed the font. Oh, the font's like so you could tell, yeah, yeah. like, you know, we should kill him. We should beat him up. We should, you know. <laughs> nice. Incredible. Professor Chavez Xavier. <laughs> Here we go. All right. <laughs> Professor C. So my, uh, my new one is Old Lady Harley. Um, I believe this came out this this week. I think it's this week this came out. Okay. Uh, so I grabbed it originally because I was a huge fan of Old Man Logan. Uh, if you guys read that, uh, it's amazing, phenomenal, really cool. phenomenal story. And then they re- re- they resurrected him to to give him his own line. So he's currently running around Marvel Universe, Old Man Logan. Yes. Uh, with the return of the new Logan. And there's also Old Man Hawkeye, which is part of that whole that world. Um, yeah. So now they're doing Old Man Hawkeye. So I thought, hang on a second. That's Marvel. <laughs> is this DC's way of taking a piss? Like, like, let's fuck, <laughs> like, come on, let's fuck around and let's let's do it with Harley because Harley is like their Deadpool. You know, yeah. What I mean? yeah. Like she she's meant to make fun of shit. So I was like, let's check this out. Uh, yeah, that's basically what it is. Old Lady Harley is Old Man Logan, but the DC female crazy version of it. Love it. Um, so, and it does exactly what Old Man Logan did for me. When I read Old Man Logan, I remember just, like, you're reading the main story on what's happening. But to me, some of the most interesting parts of that that Old Man Logan story was the world it took place yeah. in. Because they would reference all this shit that went down that, we don't know. We didn't get to see it. Right. So, like, I want that. Give me more of that world. I want, you know, more comics and what happened there. So that's what this does. This basically starts out um, referencing the fact that this in the future, there's uh, a crazy zombie outbreak. There's uh, all kinds of crazy weird war, uh, wars going on. Bizarro. Um, there's a, The Secretary of State is Bizarro. <laughs> Uh, the president, what? yeah, the president the is Power Girl. She's the president. Um, yeah, it's all kinds of really crazy things, dude. Uh, there's like there's these references to. Let's see what does it say here. Uh, the big news of the day is obviously the upcoming summit scheduled to occur this week in our newest state, Atlantis. So Atlantis became a state of the United States. Uh, there's somebody they shoot over to the reporter in Mexico, and she's there. Um, it's because it's been re it's been renamed Lexico since being <laughs> conquered by the Legion of Doom. Oh, that's oh, so that's awesome! awesome. Yeah, it. it's all kinds of crazy shit, dude. Canada is infested by zombies, um, and then that's not anything new. <laughs> one of the coolest things that I lo- I love in here was uh, the last panel on the first page was the appearance of the Condiment King. You guys know who the Condiment King oh, is? Oh yes. Oh yeah, he's uh, it's he's he's literally talking about his restaurant, a Condiment King restaurant. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty awesome. But then anyway, so it cuts to uh, a quick flash of the past. And in the past, uh, a lot of crazy shit was going down. Uh, Coney Island was burning, um, wow. and it's and basically you're you're reading uh, Harley's uh, her di- her monologue. So she talks about how Coney was burning again, and it was the Penguins' fault. And the panel you see next is as as Coney Allen's burning behind her, she's straddling the penguin, choking the shit out of him. <laughs> and she's pissed, and she's choking and choking, and she doesn't stop. She kills him. Wow. She goes over the edge. And because of that, she decides she's going to leave. She's going to kind of uh, put herself in a, in a self-imposed like exile from her Harley gang, right? 
on her way leaving Coney Island, a car pulls up, and it's the Joker. And he's like, get on in. And she's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, let's do this. So she gets in. Uh, that's it. You don't know what happens because now you come to the present, which is really the future. And now she's like, uh, you ever see Tank Girl? Looks just like Tank Girl. Like she's oh, awesome. like straight Tank Girl, uh, face painted oh, up, yeah. Harley oh, colors yeah. and shit. Oh, yeah. It's badass, dude. Um, cool. But she's fighting off uh, a crazy, a crazy squid, um, and it looks like so. There's there's somebody who's helping her. Looks like who could be a future version of Red Tornado. She keeps calling him Red Tool throughout the entire <laughs> thing. So I'm not sure if like that's really his name or like that's just her ver- like what she's calling him. But uh, you could you get to the idea that they're uh, they're kind of teamed up and they're going across the country uh, in this. Post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic future. Um, one of the things that happens is they come across this gang that's uh, like a joke. Oh, first of all, before that happens, they reference that this has actually shown up, old lady Harley. Her first appearance was in Harley Quinn number 42. So I'm not reading Harley Quinn, so I didn't know this. Okay. But apparently in there, though, there's uh, her origin story or whatever the first story was was very much Mad Max style. Oh, that's like cool. they had the cover her, looked Mad Max. Yeah, they yeah. have her kind of like strapped to to the car, like like the oh, that's so the, cool. The last one, um, Fury Fury Road. Uh, yeah, dude, it was it's it's pretty crazy, and I do like that whole post apocalyptic future. So while they're driving, uh, they're driving across the country here. They get um, ambushed, and it's a uh, there's these dudes that shoot this gun, and it 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 shoots like this pellet into the air. The pellet explodes open, and it's a it's a monster that literally goes through through its evolutionary growth within seconds. Like it looks like a tadpole, oh, and by the awesome. time it hits the car, it's like a giant monster lizard dragon. That's so cool. <laughs> and so they're fighting these things off, and you come to find out the people who are who just ambush them are a bunch of guys that kind of look like they came out of uh, Clockwork Orange. <laughs> they're wearing the derby hats and the long johns and that kind of thing, except their faces are all painted like the. Um, the the mask that Joker wore in Dark Knight, you know that okay. the, the red lips and the the whole thing, okay. and that's that's what they are. They're called the Laughing Boys Gang, and they've come to capture Harley because Joker wants her, and she's reference uh, she laughs and says the Joker's dead. So now you again, it's just like Old Man Logan, where you're just like, wait, what? I, how is that? Why? Why is Joker dead? Yeah. Uh, because the last we saw, she got in the car with him, right? And that's the deal. So. Uh, the tool, the red tool saves her and, and gets her away from them. And she knows the only way she's going to get answers to what, whether the Joker's alive or not is to go to Gotham. Uh, and Gotham's all like, um, oh, fuck, what was that movie with uh, Harrison Ford back in the day? Oh, Blade yeah. Runner. It's yeah, Blade all Runner. Blade Runner style, dude. The entire city's all crazy Blade Runner. And so they're walking around trying to figure out what's happening. And uh, the streets are quiet. And she's like, what's this? This is supposed to be Gotham, right? All of a sudden, Azrael shows up. Oh, yeah. And he's Love like, uh, you're out past curfew. And he grabs her arm and is like twisting her arm. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? Leave me alone. She takes her mallet and knocks his head off and realizes <laughs> it's a robot. Uh, and then a bunch of Azraels start coming out. You're out past wow. your curfew. You're out. And they all, they, they totally jump on her, gang up on her, knock her out. Uh, she wakes up and she realizes she's in a cave. And coming down the steps... She sees the shadow, and she's like, Batman, is that you? And he's like, yeah, you're right. I am Batman. 
and Beyond. <gasps> Batman yeah. Beyond shows oh up. Oh my yeah. god, that's, that's so really wow! What and a swerve it. on so that. So now book. you gotta wait. Now you're just like, oh, that's a really shit. cool book. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was I, I enjoyed it, man, because it was it was I wanted to see kind of old man Logan. So I got those things yeah. where they built a world that makes me say, how did this happen? What happened here? Uh, but it was still it was still Harley Quinn. There was still a lot of comedy in there, um, and uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Let's get to the ratings. Absolutely, artwork, artwork, uh, phenomenal artwork. Uh, let's see who was the artist on this one. Um, beautiful. I'm not I, like it's very detailed and, and gorgeous. The coloring's amazing as well. Artist was Frank Thierry. I'm sorry, no, he's the writer. Artist is Inaki Miranda. Okay, uh, very nice. Eva De La Cruz did the coloring, and again. Um, I like the coloring a lot. It's kind of like a, a softer palette. It's not so bright and hard. Right. Uh, but it works. It works very well with this. Uh, artwork's phenomenal. So I'd give that uh, a nine. Nine? Okay. Very good. Uh, action. Action. Yeah, you get a lot of action. Uh, from something as small as her choking out the penguin to full-out battle with the you know a, these giant squids. At, oh, by the way, was that a restaurant called the Kraken Barrel? <laughs> So she's fight, fighting off these there. giant krakens. Um, yeah, uh, to when they fight off the, the, the pellet lizard monsters. Like, it, it was awesome. So I'd give that a nine as well. Very good. Story. Awesome. Ten. Ten. Immediately. Because, again, it's a cool story. Makes me go, what's happening in this world? And makes me want to know more about the world. Very good. Dialogue. Um, I'll give that a ten as well because they it felt very Ooh, natural love and it. and it's entertaining because it's it's Harley so you you get the comedy yeah. um you get smart a lot of smart ass remarks uh and and it's intriguing again when you're reading stuff like Legion of Doom took over Mexico <laughs> how did this happen <laughs> the name tell Mexico. me more I want to break like that tell me more <laughs> zombie infested Canada tell me more. <laughs> Uh, and anyone that can incorporate the the condiment king, yes please, <laughs> all yes, about it, please, all about it. Uh, rereadability is your last category. I'll put it right up there, nine, nine. Yeah, okay. I would definitely read this. I, uh, I'm planning on reading more of them now. If, yeah. if that's, I'm if hooked. That's the I new, love that ending. The that's new way part of doing of it. That. Yeah. yeah, that ending was awesome. Exactly. That's a perfect cliffhanger. Oh, like yeah. one of those where you're like, what? Come on. I mean, Batman Beyond. He really never ever gets used in comic books. Well, he's, he does have his own single run right yeah. now. Oh, he does. Yeah. Okay. But he, he's, he hasn't been used. Yeah, but these as, kinds of, like, these pop-ups, uh, yeah. you, you don't see that much. Like, I, he's I, not, he didn't get to cross a lot. No, yeah. no, no, not exactly. at all. Uh, 47 out of 50. So that is your highest rated book. Wow. Um, that's really good. It was good. impressive. I would, I would definitely recommend it. Um, Harley fans would like it. Anyone who liked Old Man Logan would like it. DC fans will like it because of the weird things that they add yeah. to that world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely going to be looking for that one next time I hit it up. Hit yeah, up the comic book check shop. It out. All right, Greg. I know you're super pumped for this one. I am. <laughs> You've been talking about this one for probably about a month now, maybe a little bit longer than that. Yeah. It's well, Grant Morrison is the writer who made Doom Patrol popular. Right. Um, his works of Doom Patrol is probably what gave it life. And gave it the opportunity to even have a, a TV show. I'm 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 ninety nine percent sure he's who introduced Beast Boy okay. to the DC world as Changeling. Um so for him to go, Hey, I'm gonna do Green Lantern, but it's gonna be like a cop T V show. I was like, Wait, okay. His whole plan with this was to make this a series that looked like an episode of like Law and Order or Blue Bloods or any anything you would watch now. And so I was super excited and then 
this Liam Sharp guy hops on as the artist, and I'll, I'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, go right. This for it. is awesome. It starts with the Green Lantern or the Guardians calling the Green Lanterns of Sector two hundred one point eight to report. Um, like this is the prettiest looking comic I've ever looked at. This is a gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous comic, and the second panel's even crazier. Like this, this that is incredibly detailed. Is There's nuts. so much going on on the page. Who's the artist? This is Liam Sharp. He's been doing art since the '80s. Um, <laughs> so you have what's his name? I forget. Uh, Zoxum, the Green Lantern, fighting off this like, oh, Maxim Tox. That's his name. That's my bad. He is fighting off um, a spider pirate. <laughs> And they're just battling back and forth, and the the spider actually bites his finger off with the ring on it. And when he does, though, he actually eats one of my favorite Green Lanterns, Floozle Flem, <laughs> who is a super virus. Okay. Um, and the virus enters inside the spider. And the great thing about Maxim is his ring, that, his finger that was taken off is just floating with the Green Lantern ring still next to him like the whole time <laughs> like he's using it just detached from his body floating um, and Floozle Flem as it enters this spider makes him very sick and starts coughing and he actually starts flemming up his other cronies um, and Floozle pops out he, on top of that there were there's two other people that were clearly working with the spider pirate that were taken down um by what is her name? By another Green Lantern, who she tricked one of the monsters to get into a bottle by using the smell of limes, and then captures this other large, um, like robot rock monster named Clicket. Um, and they're gonna take them to. They're looking to steal Luck from the Lords of Ventura, um, but since they lost, they're actually gonna take them to their transport ve- vehicle, which is called the Meat Wagon. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> so good, it's so good. Um, they take him to meat wagon and get you meet another lantern who is basically made out of pure crystal and is like a robot crystal. Um, and Maxim is like wiping his nose because keeping Floozle Flem inside of him um, makes him sneeze to talk. So f- when he sneezes, he's like, "Oh, Floozle says hello." By the way, <laughs> um, kind of awesome. They load all these monsters up in the meat wagon. Um, and it cuts over to him getting Maxim getting a call to another place, um, and the ring is saying like antimatter detected, danger, danger, danger. And there's all these people dead in this new place. Uh, and he goes, antimatter, haven't I suffered enough? And then it cuts away um, back to the other lantern dealing with um, the lords looking for. They're saying like they stole our luck dial. Did you did you retrieve it? And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, yes, um, if it hadn't been for the luck, or, no, sorry, I'm cutting. She's like, miscreants, what are you talking about? And it cuts back over to these other villains. They said if it hadn't been for the luck dial, um, the Green Lanterns would have gotten us and not the other, and not just the others. Um, and it, it looks down and it goes, he says, but the luck dial helped us a lot because the cargo killed the Green Lantern. And there's... Maxim Tox is dead, and his finger's still floating. Oh. And the ring says, new host required, and flies away with his finger still attached. Um, <laughs> and then it cuts back to the meat wagon, and the little monster that was trapped inside the li- the thing because of the limes says, um, 
we've got ourselves a lucked out and it's turned in our favors and all of a sudden the ship starts to crash. Uh, and then we cut over to our good friend Hal Jordan just laying in the field watching uh, a plane fly uh, and he's there all day. Just literally it's it goes from light to dark um, and his girlfriend comes back and says, I left five hours ago, haven't you moved an inch? Um and she's just shopping and they're talking and all of a sudden it cuts to them outside, you know, having sex. <laughs> just literally like kind of out of nowhere. They're just they're just outside. That's cool. Ten for the art. <laughs> <laughs> um, just totally random. And then he is – it cuts back over and Hal leaves and he's just walking home, just walking down the road. And again, another homeless person approaches him. <laughs> There you go. I forgot it was it in this is. one too. <laughs> heroes, heroes and homeless. It's the name. Heroes of the and hobos. 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 People in Iraq. <laughs> uh, I forgot there was another homeless guy in this. Um, and he and it's talking really weird. He's like a greeting, right? Was mine and, and here he says hello, sayonara, sucker. That's a greeting, right? Or was my intel an error? Oops. And he's talking and Hal's like looking at him and offers him a piece of his sandwich. Uh, this this panel is my favorite. Uh, and all of a sudden he starts like talking weird to him and Hale goes, I couldn't help but notice like you're, you're not a normal human. Like clearly you must be from the Hormonith collective from cluster world three. You're not human and neither are your friends. And all of a sudden, like a whole group of homeless people jump Hale and he's fighting them off. Um, and he goes, I'll fight any fool whose game. I've got nothing better to do right now. And just starts fighting. <laughs> this old couple drives by and goes, don't look at them, honey. It's bum fights. They're in training. <laughs> or bum fight championships. They're in training. <laughs> and he just starts beating these aliens down. And as he's doing it, uh, he he said, you're a colony creature. All I have to do is aim for the brain. And like they start to like melt as he's punching them. Uh, and I for- forgot the lady yells, oh, yeah, bums rule. <laughs> <laughs> She's driving away. Maybe that's the episode. Bums rule. Bums rule. It might go. be. I mean, that's whoa, that's like four out of yeah. That's yeah. like more than half of our comic books yeah. have involved bums. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but so he beats him down, and they literally just start to melt. Um, and he looks over, and he like sees where the ship a ship had crashed, and that's where these aliens had came from. And there's the meat wagon down. Um, with the little crystal guy, and he's like, part of his crystals have broken when they do, like where he's been like injured, like it looks like tiny crystals have like bled out and like oh. form new like crystal formations. Oh. Um, and he's saying like, what happened to you? Like it, it's me, it's Hal Jordan, everything's all right. Like you're not gonna die. We're gonna get you taken care of. Um, and uh, Crystalline tells him three of the deadliest killers in the galaxy have escaped, and. You know, it's happening. I love the dialogue. Like, he, he always calls it a it, – it is a cop thing. He's like, give me the case and, and the details. I'll have it caught up. And, like, they say, like, case or, like – like, you use cop lingo the whole time, the Guardians, and it, I love it. Um, he's like, but my ring is out, and I need to recharge it. So Chrislin gives him the ring, and you get the classic, like, Green Lantern shot of him him doing his oath, and I love it. Um, And it cuts back over to the three monsters – all outside, uh, all in the middle of the city attacking, and the one tiny one is, like, grown. It's this weird, like, weasel-looking thing with four arms, and then you've got the robot and the spider pirate. Um, and Hal just shows up, and this, this, his dialogue's great. Nobody panic. Chill, I've got this. And the hand just scoops up all the people and moves <laughs> them away. 
and then he just drops a 16 ton um, weight on yeah. top of the robot. And they just start attacking, and like the other monster just keeps getting bigger and bigger. He's like, don't you know I'm a magnethrope? I can just get bigger. Uh, and Hell goes, yeah, and you're not accustomed to a much lighter gravity, so just keep getting bigger. And he goes, so what? What's going to happen? All of a sudden, the like the magnethrope like grows as big as he can, and because of the gravity, his knees just crack and break immediately and start oh. shattering. Uh, and Hell gives the classic, like, you know who I am, still feeling lucky. And then there's a line somewhere about like the the okay because the thing likes limes. He captures them all in a giant jar of guacamole. <laughs> I think it's it might be gumballs. It's just a weird, really weird jar. Uh, and he has to it might it might say gumball. I thought it's a yeah, guacamole. Gumballs, yeah. Um, it's awesome. Uh, and he gets the call to return to New Oa. So I feel like this is kind of actually following the canon Green Lantern lines where, like, mm. Oa's been destroyed. And he goes, okay, well, Noor it is. Um, and he flies there, and they start informing him of all of this that's going on. And luckily, they had a fake luck dial, these people. Um, it wasn't the real one, or else he might have actually lost. And um, But he's saying, like, you saved a lantern and you're doing your job. Like you're welcome back here now. Like this is consider this until further notice. You're a lantern again. Nice. Um, so he, he wasn't a lantern before and he actually, they actually give him access to the Oa library to look at the book of Oa. Um, because there's a prophecy talking about something that's coming and that, um, the book of Oa actually may no longer be trustworthy because all of a sudden it's changing. Oh, and he looks and he gives this whole speech about how there's all these different lanterns, even X-ray lanterns and radio lanterns and gamma lanterns. Um, and we are who we are, but one of our lanterns seeks to destroy us. A traitor within our ranks will shortly be uncovered. Um, and we already know who it'll be, so let's talk. And it cuts back to these other two aliens that got away. And they have the luck dial. And they say uh, they are building an antimatter lantern. And there it is, this weird, like, he almost looks like part hell and part of, like, all these other creatures. And his chest is just, like, held open by metal. And you can see his heart, and they're about to stick the luck dial inside of him. Um, and it's, oh, sorry, no, they're about to steal the track, the the, the heart outside of him to continue to build this this monster. Um, this is a really cool comic. <laughs> I I was super excited by this. It was a little confusing for me the first time I read it through. Sometimes when I reread them, I like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I catch on to it a little bit. Uh, I freaking, I'm, I'm not actually as like sounding as excited as I usually do because I like got caught up into it again. Just rereading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, if I could give the art eleven, I would. Like the, I might make that a special nice. thing. Nice. Like how excited you've been. If for you, this book. if y'all like really this, like looking at this art, it's. I've and it's they went back to the it's the pages it's not the glossy page they kind of oh, found really like, they did a really That's good awesome. job with I it I love it and I I really like it but the art is a ten um, I I love the art the art is gorgeous um, great comic book so far uh, <laughs> action there wasn't a ton of action actually there's a little bit in the beginning um, the action is pretty calm. Um, just some explosions, and, and it's more talking than anything. I'll give the action a seven. Seven? I'll say okay. a seven for the action. Um, story. There's 
it's setting up a huge story. It's a really good story. Um, it's very interesting. This is like the first, to me, it feels like almost like the first 10 minutes of like a cop show. Like, like oh, here's our villain. Here's what they stole. You're going to kind of catch him, but oh, you really only caught his cronies. Um, it's a really cool story, and you're going to get a lot to to know about Hal, I think. Um, it bounces around a little bit, but it's okay because it does it in a, a way that like feels like a TV show would do it. Right. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of left unanswered so far. So I'm going to give the story uh, a nine. Nine? Okay. Yeah. Dialogue. The dialogue's killer, man. The dialogue is a ten. It is just... It just hits so good. He does such a good job. Um, they do such a good job with like just capturing Hal Jordan and that dry, sarcastic sense of humor, um, and still like kind of cool one-liners. Um, but also, like every character has their own thing. Like, like the 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 way each alien communicates a little differently and has their own little quirks is done so well in the dialogue. Uh, and then rereadability, it, it's a ten. Green Lantern is one I will reread. Almost any Green Lantern comic, even the ones I'm not crazy about, be just because of what it means to me. Right. But also, like, this is a really great comic and setting up, like, I feel like a huge story. And I'm really excited to see where Grant Morrison takes this. Good. Very good. Yes. 46 nice. out of 50 yeah. for our last book of an e- the oh, excuse me, of the evening. A little tongue tied there. I used to be a huge Marvel guy growing up. Huge. Uh, when I came back to comics a few years ago, I started reading more DC. Like, I read. Batman, yeah. Superman, never read Flash, never read Green Lantern, never read those. So I picked up Green Lanterns when they first kicked yes. off. Yeah, only because I was like, "Who's? Why does he need a gun?" You know, I was like, <laughs> I wanted to know what the deal was with Simon Baz. Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz are really cool characters. They caught. I mean, that hooked me. I yeah. became a huge fan of Lantern lore and Lanterns through them. Oh yeah. So this, I just want to see what's up with this now. Yeah. This sounds awesome. I I started reading the Sinestro Core War. Um, after I'd already kind of knew who the Green Lanterns were and was like, what is happening? This yeah. is so cool. And it's it's a, it's so much fun. He's a really cool character. I think he's a very, uh, as much as popular as he is as a character, he's very underrated. I think so too. I, I'd have to agree. I would have to agree. I think he lost some lore for a while. Yeah, and like um, everyone knows like the, the Justice League, you know, John yeah. Stewart Lantern. And, and that's the thing. There was a big push to really make John Stewart a yeah. thing, and I think Hal Jordan's uh, kind of name lost a little. Yeah, he I mean? defines it. The other ones definitely make it. Kyle Rayner is awesome. John Stewart definitely. They all bring something different to the table, Guy, Guy Gardner, Gardner, but yeah. Hal like defines the Lanterns yeah. as as a series in a lot of ways and as a character. All right. Sweet. Very good, guys. Um, about to close the show. Is there anything you guys want to say? Um, oh, wait. Let's plug Let's plug your guys' sh- you know, shows real oh, yeah. quick. Um, Greg, go ahead. Tuesdays, the release rundown. You can get to hear a little bit about everything that's coming out. Um, a little bit of news here and there, but mostly it's just I'm going to tell you what um, publishers are releasing what comic books and a little bit about them and what to watch for and where to pick them up. Nice. Very good. Um, every Saturday morning, you can watch This Week in DC TV, uh, hosted by myself. It's about 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, this week will be a little shorter since we had no new Flash and no Blight and Lightning because it's a stupid election. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Stupid politics. It ruined uh, everything. And, uh, as always, for people, I do it Saturday mornings. I save Titans for last, so in case you didn't yep. watch it in the day it was up. 
you can skip that part. But we kind of talk a little rumors and stuff like that. And uh, I'm looking forward to this week since I've literally watched every show but Titan so far. So, uh, you know, I know we're pre-taping this on a on a Thursday night. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but uh, there's gonna be a lot of good Arrow and Supergirl talk. Yeah, uh, nice. On this I'll be doing this week in Marvel soon as well. I got to catch up on Gifted. Um, and then with Agents of Shield, I'll be doing at least touching on those two for now. Nice. Uh, maybe yeah, we'll Cloak and Dagger, and like yeah. Um, just because you're a big DC nerd, Runaways. And, and we're going to talk about it now. I think Legends is teasing Clary and the Witch Boy. <gasps> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not caught up. <laughs> we'll talk. Awesome, awesome, very nice, right, good. And uh, and Chris, obviously, uh, you're the big cheese in the network. So yeah. I mean, put for for our. Exclusive panel discussion listeners, tell them about your shows that you have on the network. Uh, yeah, first check out the network, bicbp-radio.com. Uh, my shows are on there. This show's on there. Matt, your football show's on there. There's a million be, shows are on there's there. Other, <laughs> there's other talented shows on there, some video game talk, some pop culture talk. Uh, yeah. Check it out. Uh, new shows are going to be coming. We're going to have site-exclusive shows that you can't get on podcast apps or iTunes. You'll have to come to our site to get it. Yeah. Uh, so check it out, bicbp-radio.com. If you want to hear me talk on other shows, I do a uh, weird, paranormal, creepy things through history show. It's called History Creeps. Me and a couple of buddies that from out of North Carolina do that. Uh, comes out every week. We also do a wrestling show, Hardly Kayfabe. Yep. Matt, myself, and my buddy Johnny. Um and I mean, there's a bunch of shows on there. Hardly awesome. I'm a part of that one as well. Yep. Um, check them all out, man. They're network, they're, they're the, good shows, man. The network is is growing fast, so fast. And you know, I'm I'm happy to to be a part of it. I'm happy Chris yeah. and Greg get to be a part of it. Same. Um, it, I mean, since I started, like the number of shows has doubled. Yeah. Um, essentially, and yeah, things are things are looking up, man. I'm so excited yep. for our future at the network. Next year is going to be big, dude. 2019 is going to be really big. You'll see us uh, wherever you're listening. You may see us out in your area. We're going to be hitting cons around the country. Filling up tables as a network, basically representing all of our shows. Yeah. So uh, look for us. Important next big step. So, all right, very good, everybody. Um, Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot in a a decent amount of time. So, on behalf of Greg, Chris Gallo, Chris Chavez, and myself, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the panel discussion, and we will see you next week.